you know, your child is having symptoms and behaviors that, you know, no one's able to really diagnose or help and they stamp a label on it and then they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and kind of give you this impression that there really isn't much you can do about it. And that's absolutely not true. If we can get down to the biochemistry and see where there's imbalances or where we can boost the body's own ability to do what it's miraculously able to do, it's quite amazing that the symptoms and behaviors that we can improve in these kids. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, I have Denise Voigt. She is a clinical nutritionist with a Master's of Science in Human Nutrition and functional medicine, specializing in nutritional intervention for autism spectrum disorder and ADHD. She's an expert in applying scientifically proven food and nutrition therapies to improve health, learning, and behavior in children with ASD and ADHD. Denise is also the founder, creator of My Spectrum Heroes, a superior line of nutritional support products designed to support the needs of the developing brain, nervous system, and health of children on the spectrum, ADHD, or neurodevelopment delay. Denise, how are you? Thank you for coming on the show this afternoon. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. So you are a rare breed in terms of what you do as a nutritionist and with how you specialize in uh, nutrition and for people who are suffering with uh, ASD and ADHD. Right. Yes, it is. It's a it's a pretty small niche. It's a unique field, um, and it's where my heart and passion is. How did you get into this field? Oh gosh, that so that's a story. So uh, my son was diagnosed with ADHD when he was young, um, about right about kindergarten age, and he was struggling with not only behavioral symptoms and hyperactivity and such. He also a lot of his symptoms sort of started manifesting as physical symptoms. So he had headaches and stomach aches and skin rashes and psoriasis and eczema, and um, his asthma got to the point where I mean we had several hospital trips where his oxygen level was just so low and they couldn't quite figure out why he continued to get chronic bronchitis. And he just had a lot of, he was always sick and um, always having problems. And we went to specialists after specialists. We went to, you know, pediatric gastroenterologists. We went to neurologists. We went to many different specialists and he had on very uncomfortable procedures done, the poor thing. And, um, you know, of course he was diagnosed with ADHD, but they didn't really address a lot of the physical things that were going on. They wanted to medicate him for his hyperactivity, but we were still struggling with many of these outward expressions and symptoms that we were seeing and weren't getting much help. And so after um, probably a couple years of really struggling and his symptoms progressively getting worse, I found a naturopathic physician who happened to be a functional medicine practitioner. And at that time, you know, I didn't have any clue what a functional medicine practitioner was. I didn't understand that field or what it meant. So we went to him because at this point I was just desperate and ready to try anything. And I was not a fan of wanting to put him on, you know, psychotropics and and other, you know, prescription drugs. And we weren't getting any help from the Miralax that the gastroenterologist had him on. 
So uh, I took a chance and we went to him and lo and behold, he diagnosed him with leaky gut, some food intolerances, uh, some candida overgrowth and a couple other things. And so this was the first time that someone had really talked to me about putting him on a specialized you know, nutrition plan and supplement regimen. And at the time I was a finishing up my pre-med degree and getting ready to take MCATs. And I was, I was actually the uh, teaching assistant for the human physiology and anatomy lab. And so I had, I thought I had quite an understanding of, of what being healthy was or how the body worked and things like that. So this kind of blew me away. And so we started doing these interventions, these nutrition interventions, and oh my goodness, it, it changed our world. It changed his life. It changed our life. His symptoms uh, just completely regressed. So many of the symptoms just disappeared. His asthma completely went away. We no longer had to do his breathing treatments. Um, his uh, skin eruptions, these cluster of warts that he used to get just miraculously went away. His stomach aches, you know, subsided his, uh, the chronic bronchitis did not, uh, rear its head again, the constipation, uh, alleviated. And it was, it was just quite astounding actually. And so at that time I started saying, well, I'm going to go to whatever medical school trains, um, in nutrition and has the best nutrition program. So I started hunting out which schools would provide that and none of them did. There wasn't a medical school at that time that even had, I think I found one that had maybe a, a six week sort of additional elective kind of thing that you could take on nutrition. And it wasn't at all what I had been seeing and learning. And so I was very disappointed. And right about that time, the University of Western States came out with their uh, first of its kind of master's program in uh, human nutrition and functional medicine. And I was sold. I was in. I wanted to learn how we could use nutrition and how we can use epigenetics to sort of, you know, mitigate symptoms and, and diseases and chronic illnesses. And I was so excited about it. So I did that. And then I ended up going back and working for the doctor that uh, helped me with my son. And mm, uh, wow. Then I started learning, you know, how we can reverse diabetes and all these other chronic illnesses. And it was just absolutely amazing. And what I started to see when working there is that this doctor, Dr. Whitney, he, he also was treating patients with autism. And I started to see the, the correlation that he was treating a lot of these kids with the same sort of regimen that he had given Devin, my son. And I started seeing that they had a lot of the same underlying biochemical imbalances and issues that were able to be mitigated through nutrition and nutritional supplements. And um, that really surprised me. And it sort of changed my trajectory. And after working as a functional medicine nutritionist for a couple of years, I decided, you know, that's where my heart and love and passion is because I've been on the other end of that where, you know, your child is having symptoms and behaviors that, you know, no one's able to really diagnose or help and they stamp a label on it and then they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and, and kind of give you this impression that there really isn't much you can do about it. And that's absolutely not true. If we can get down to the biochemistry and see where there's imbalances or where we can boost the body's own ability to do what it's miraculously able to do, it's quite amazing the symptoms and behaviors that we can improve in these kids. So I sort of niched down and decided that this is where I was going to be of service. And because I feel like there's a huge desire and need for it because it's an, a really underserved population when it comes to talking about diet and nutrition because so many of these kiddos have food aversions and food sensitivities. So they're already not getting enough nutrients. And then 
in addition, not understanding which nutrients and which foods, you know, affect them and are irritating to their systems and which ones support their system. So it can be really overwhelming for parents. So this is where I decided to dive in and provide my help um, here in this in this field. <laughs> That's outstanding. And yeah, there's so many questions that uh, running through my mind um, while you were speaking, but uh, let me see if I can remember them. But with <laughs> your child, how old was he when you started to take him to practitioners and when you started to seek changes uh, for nutrition and realize that that could be something that could help him? So he was he was around two years old when we really oh, so started seeing some severe um, health issues and concerns and behavior issues. By the time um, we he got into kindergarten, he had had quite a few seen a, quite a few doctors because he had severe asthma and stomach aches and he was crying a lot. And you know when he was a baby, they kind of pointed their finger at colic and just threw up their hands in the air and said, "Oh, he's he's just colicky," mm-hmm. and and that's that's just an issue you're going to have to deal with. And you know he doesn't poop for days, but okay, here's some Miralax. And none of those things were helping. Really and yeah. Yeah. So he was he was in kindergarten. He was around five years old um, he when we to really see the changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then by the time he all of his symptoms had quite mitigated, he was around eight and a half uh, when we really saw the changes that nutrition and all that can do. Right. One of the things that we tried before he even we even saw um, the naturopath was we realized really quickly that he was sensitive to artificial food coloring, um, particularly. Wow red food coloring that was um pretty apparent we didn't you didn't we didn't need to be a rocket scientist to see that one i mean if the kid had any kind of red food coloring he would be bouncing off the walls like it was his job it was pretty it was pretty dramatic so there wasn't much guesswork there and then when we removed that um it definitely uh, helped with that behavior so that was i guess the first time i actually saw that you know hey wait a minute what we're feeding him actually affects his behavior but it didn't it didn't sink in until we started getting the therapy for like the whole encompassing it all and trying the nutrition modifications and doing the gluten and casein free situation and um, you know taking some nutritional supplements. I mean, it didn't ever occur to me to give my child. I mean, I was taking at the time supplements because at the time I was actually a fitness trainer as well and was working in nutrition already, but more in the the sort of diet space, right? Where we're we're being taught about calories in, calories out, and all that crazy nonsense that I know now really doesn't have much to do with how our body actually uh, utilizes calories. It's more about the quality of that food and and the effect it has on your hormones or your biochemistry and things like that. And so at the time, you know, it didn't, it didn't really occur to me um, until we started seeing uh, the improvements from the supplements the doctor had given me, but I, I didn't think to give my child supplements. And of course you see the Flintstone vitamins out there and the gummy nonsense, but, um, you know, what we, I know now after developing a supplement line is many of those, you know, products that are aimed at kids are full of fillers and junk and sugar and coloring and things that would agitate kids. Um, let alone most of them don't have nearly enough actual quality nutrients in it to be viable in to, to have a, some kind of clinical outcome, right? To actually improve anything. So that was also very eye-opening. <laughs> right. And, and interesting enough, I mean, you're, so your son was more on the ADHD side, not with the autism spectrum disorder. Right. Correct? Yep. Yep. It wasn't until I started, when I started working for Dr. Whitney that I saw that he was cases. treating many of those kids. Yeah. With the, the same, same way. 
Yeah, the yeah. same symptoms, the same underlying sort of biochemical imbalances that we're seeing and gut issues and, you know, leaky gut and, and um, you know, their microbiome, had they had dysbiosis. And it was very interesting to see the correlation. And, and when I started working with these kids, I, I do get a lot of feedback from some families that don't appreciate me sort of putting together autism and ADHD. Um, it's an interesting conundrum that families uh, sometimes that have a child with ADHD, they don't want to be associated with autism because they feel that that is, you know, a, a more different. severe, and it's just a, and it's, you know, it's a psychiatric, it's considered, you know, a psychiatric disorder. And I just, I don't look at it that way. I, I look at all of them just the same way as if someone was, you know, type one diabetic and, and they, their pancreas isn't working properly and we need to help support them with insulin. I, I look at all of these underlying, you know, issues if from a perspective of if we have a chemical imbalance or if a hormone isn't working right or a neurotransmitter isn't being supported correctly, if we can mitigate that or correct that or boost that with actual nutrients rather than, you know, downregulate with some prescription drug, um, I think we're going to be a whole lot better off. And, and the research is there to support that. And we just need to, you know, get it out there and support, you know, help people understand. Because what I try to tell most of the families that I work with is many of us were, were not educated on how to feed our children for neurodevelopment, for growth, for repair, for detoxification, for all these things that help the body grow and you know, let them play and, and learn and be the kids that they're supposed to be. Instead, we're marketed, you know, what food to feed our kids, you know, that by a marketing company that has nothing to do with health, right? And so that is one of the biggest things, you know, for me, it's really about education. If people don't understand, they're not usually willing to accept. So they, you know, if they don't understand how their child's body works or how certain foods can, they can be sensitive to them or have an intolerance to them. Certain foods are aggravating. Some things that we call food well, they're not food at all, right? <laughs> like they're just some kind of chemical concoction that the food industry made because they're trying to make a profit. And so most of the time, my job really is to just try to help spread Educate. the word that you know the food we eat affects our body and that nutrients have the power to make the body function, right? Without nutrients, we're just, we're just dead in the water. Everything yeah. runs off of the basis of the nutrients we eat. That whole, you are what you eat kind of comes to play there. You, you know, the, the food you feed your children actually becomes part of them. They, you know, and helps them build tissues and repair tissues. But most of us, you know, we're out there with some packaged granola bar or fruity gummy snack that doesn't actually have any fruit in it at all. doesn't have any nutrients at all. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. And yeah. it's interesting. It's, I mean, it, it's, these issues are coming more into play now than say 20 years ago. And we can make some correlations, you know, and we could hypothesize when this all started, what was the etiology. And, you know, rather than doing that, it's just, we just need to come to the conclusion that it does exist. And the most likely culprit is, is um, whatever the culprit is, we're not fixing it with the foods that we're providing our children. And right. that's the underlying issue. And right now we're in a situation where I believe the stats are, you know, one out of 30 or one out of 40 kids um, are born with autism. And I think over the next 10 years, they're projecting it to be one out of every two or even one out of every three, if nothing else changes. And that's just, that's, that's darn right frightening. And, Isn't that scary? It's super scary. And I, and I, and I think that, you know, I, I wish that people would really start to wake up and realize the problem that we're having, you know, with the prevalence of autism and ADHD. And it's not something that 
you're sitting there and say, oh, they were born with that. You know, there, there could be something, but I mean, it's definitely exacerbated by the foods that we're giving them. And it's a huge component of how we can heal not only ourselves as parents, but also as, as you know, healing the children who are victims of the food supply that is given to them. Absolutely. And what you're doing is fantastic and it resonates so much of what I believe and what I, what I do, you know, and what I preach. And it's, it's interesting that I, I knew that the amounts of foods, the types of foods that you're eating did indeed have a role in healing people who are suffering from autism. But I wasn't sure if it had anything to do with ADHD. But as you were saying that, that the physician is actually treating both diseases, if you want to call them diseases, or, or, or with the same type of protocol for nutrition. Right. So let's get, let's, let's really dive into that more. So what are you, what kind of pro- nutrition protocols are you using and seeing to improve uh, children's symptoms and behaviors? So the very first, when I first start working with someone, the very first recommendation is to try to reduce or completely remove some of the toxins that are coming in. And when I say toxins, I mean nutritional toxins. So some of the things that we find in our food supply that are actually quite toxic and, you know, kids with autism and kids with ADHD are both particularly sensitive to some of these, like the artificial uh, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, and and the like. But there's also, uh, so I have a, an ebook that I usually have people start with that shows the top eight sort of nutritional toxins that are found in most kids' foods that I usually have people start there. If we can reduce some of the burden on the child's body from having these toxins put in, um, then they can help, that can, right, right out the gate, we can already boost some of their ability um, to function because their body is, you know, less burdened. So things like hydrogenated oils, MSG, you know, the overabundance of artificial colors and flavors and sweeteners, right? So all those artificial sweeteners that are just plain neurotoxic, you know, they damage the cells of the brain. And, you know, like the MSG, I mean, that's a perfect example. It's basically an excitotoxin. It, it literally excites the brain cell so much to, that it kills it, right? And so it excites it to death. So these are the kind of things that get snuck into our kids' food and and our uh, parents and brother, sister, cousin, uncle. I mean, all of us really should be trying to avoid these additional toxins that get snuck into our food that really shouldn't be there. And what I tell parents, you know, the very first thing is, you know, start considering when you when you buy a product and you know you want to become a food detective and read that label. What are you actually feeding your child? And if there's something in there that you would not have added to that product before you cooked it yourself. Like let's say you're making cookies at home. If you weren't going to add, you know, red lake number 40 or, you know, all these colorings, why would you give your child a packaged food that has that? Right. So that's number one, let's try to reduce the toxic burden. You know, we're surrounded by toxins in the air and the environment and our water and all these things, but we, and we can't control some of them and, and we certainly can't live in a bubble, but we can reduce some of that junk that's coming in and, and sort of being masked and called food. And it's not food at all. It's just, it's literally toxic to your child's system. So that's the first place we start is just try to get this foundational diet where we're decreasing some of the toxins that come in. And then we're increasing some of the nutrient density in the food, which can, this is where the big challenges for most kids, especially kids on the spectrum, they, they have a lot of food, um, food aversions and also like sensory issues. So, um, they have a very small repertoire of food that they eat. And once they do, they typically have just one or two items that they, they lock onto and that's all they're eat. I mean, I've, I've had clients who, um, you know, their child only eats 
crackers and a particular brand of crackers. So obviously they're not getting the full array of nutrients right. that their body needs to grow, to function, to detoxify. So that's where the supplement line sort of came to be. So I developed my Spectrum Heroes brand of supplements based on when working with these kids, I realized really quickly that, you know, you can make dietary protocols, right? We know that the gluten and casein free diet is very effective for kids on the spectrum and also kids with ADHD. We hear it a lot with the uh, spectrum kids, but we don't hear it that often um, utilized for ADHD, but I found it to be just as effective um, for kids that are suffering with hyperactivity, ADHD, and actually a lot of other neurodevelopmental delays because we see that gluten and casein and also soy, I like to put in that that mix. You know, there's there's a lot of things about those particular proteins that can be agitating to the gut, to the brain, to the um, inflammation in the system. And, and we can talk in more detail about those, but that's usually one of the uh, more, you know, strict protocols that children get put on to try as a dietary implementation. Um, but until we can remove the toxins, so one point that I tell them when, when trying a gluten and casein free diet, if you just remove the regular Oreo cookie and you give them a, a gluten free version of that Oreo cookie, we're still going to have problems with too much sugar, artificial colors, artificial right. flavors, you know, too many carbohydrates, all, all of those things. So when it comes to the dietary protocols, there are quite a few. I mean, you've got gluten casein free, you've got the GAPS diet, you got FODMAPS, low FODMAPS diet, low oxalate diet, low salicylate diet. I mean, we could be here all day talking about the different protocols, but the the main key to wrap the head around is that nutrient density is where it's at. We need those nutrients for function. And so if we can't get it through food temporarily until we can build a child's food repertoire and help them with their food sensitivities and their, you know, maybe their sensory issues that are making them not want to eat certain foods, we've got to get nutrients in somehow. So supplementing is a great way to do that. The downside to that though, is that the supplements that are out there in the market are complete junk many times. And in, to the point where not only are they junk and not bioavailable nutrients, very low quality, very low dosing. So they're, they're even if you, it was good quality, it's not enough in there to actually help boost anything. Um, but in addition to that, you know, there's sometimes there's additives in there that can be toxic to the child. So if heavy metals got snuck through and no one's testing for that or bacterial toxicants got through and, you know, the supplement world is a fairly unregulated uh, world and it's very difficult to find high quality supplements outside of maybe a specialist office like we were at and a biomedical doctor's office will particularly they'll, they'll carry high-end nutraceuticals, which, you know, that's typically what they call supplements that are of high-end and therapeutic dosing. It's very hard for some families to find that. And that's where, you know, I jumped in. I mean, I had no intentions of becoming a supplement, um, you know, manufacturer, but there was, there just was such a need for it. And, you know, some of the things that families were showing me that they were taking, I, I, Oh man, it was very heartbreaking to me that, you know, they're, they're giving their child something that they thought was going to improve their health, but instead there's things in there that could actually damage their health. Um, and so that's honestly the, ideally the goal is to get the nutrient level that they need that will help support neurotransmitters, support detoxification, methylation, you know, growth, repair, detoxification, all of these things they all come from nutrients. And when we can wrap our head around that and figure out, okay, how do I get the nutrients needed to support this system or that system? It's amazing the improvements we can see because most of us 
right? When we think about what we're going to feed our kids or our family or ourselves for that matter, most people, the first thing they think is, oh, what's easy? What's convenient? What tastes good? Um, You know, what will my child eat? What comes in a a little handy package that we could just take it to go? Not many of us sit down and say, okay, I want to feed my child with intention. I want to feed myself with intention. So I'm going to pick, okay, I know he's got a long school day today and then he's got, you know, soccer practice after. So what can I fuel my child's brain for school? And what can I give him for a snack later? so that he'll be able to perform well at soccer practice. You know, most of us, we don't run through that whole thing. Instead, it's what's fast, what's convenient, what can I pack in a lunch bag? What can I, you know, what can we drive through really quick? Um, But when you can step back and realize that, you know, nutrients have power and they can repair, but they can also, you know, the lack of them can cause some serious damage. And the sooner that people wrap their head around food matters. What you, you are what you eat. And that's a, that's a true statement. And the, the sooner that families can start really, you know, picturing that in their mind's eye before they just grab something really quick, the better off everyone's going to be. Right. Right. And that's, that's a good point to make is that, you know, nutrition is obviously very important. You know, it's like a two-step process that you're describing here is number one, eliminate the toxicities and the toxins that are putting. And number two is to put the right foods into your body. And that used to never be an issue years ago because the food supply wasn't as tainted. And now it's it's something that we really have to examine when we're, when we're looking into picking up some packages at the grocery store. We need to be able to read the labels. And if we can't understand the labels, then we should automatically think that that food probably isn't good for us. Right. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical eBooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctortopatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. Do you advocate eating organic foods with your with your clients? Absolutely. And one of the reasons is because uh, many of these kiddos have issues with detoxification and they actually hold on to some of these toxins a little longer. And if we are buying organic, then you will have less likelihood of pesticides, herbicides, and, you know, genetically modified organisms getting snuck in. And, right. uh, you know, we know that a lot of these, um, products, like just even our, the soil alone doesn't have the same nutrients that it once did back in the day because we've, you know, overrun and, and all the reasons, you know, with the herbicides, pesticides and the like, lack of food diversity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, all of these things make it very challenging to find healthy quality food. Um, but it's possible. You just, most of us, 
we're in such a hurry. That's the thing. Everyone's just in a hurry. We want it fast. We want it easy and we want it cheap, right? It's, it's very difficult to sort of go back to how our, you know, grandparents and, and their parents ate, you know, thinking more about whole foods rather than now we've been, you know, you can't really give someone progress and be like, okay, here you go. You just push a button and dinner's ready and then go back. Oh, wait, never mind. Go back to wash, chop. You know, everyone's busy. We're, we're, most of us are just, and I, I can't tell you how many times a week I hear the statement, oh, I don't cook. Oh, I don't know how to cook. Um, no, I don't like to cook. And I just, you know, to me, there's a lot of things in the world we don't like to do that we need to do that are just part of life and necessary for function. And learning how and understanding how to feed yourself and your family is vital to your family's health. And so, you know, you don't have to be master chef, but you certainly want to understand that, you know, food's and the foods you're feeding your family are what's supporting their growth, their repair, their ability mm -hmm. to think, learn, and all those things. And if you're putting non-foods in their system, um, they're going to struggle. And when it comes to like the food, my biggest push that I tell everyone, it's quality over quantity. So many of the families that I work with, they're concerned that their child's not eating enough because they're picky eaters or they have food aversions and, and things like that. But what I tell them is if the food you are feeding them is of high quality, high nutrient density, low toxicity, you're better off that they eat less of it and, and just have that rather than fill them with exactly that, fillers, right? So you'll give a child some goldfish. What, ex what exactly is the goldfish? What is the hmm. point in that? There right. is no nutrients in that whatsoever. There's artificial colors and flavors and excess processed carbohydrates that the body doesn't do well absorbing, um, especially these kiddos on the spectrum that have some of them um, mitochondrial dysfunction. And so when we're putting excess carbohydrates of, of the cheap quality kind, and they damage the mitochondria and we need that mitochondria to produce energy for the brain and chemical functions. And until we can really get the word out that these are all important things. And most of the families I work with, they go to their doctors and, and they're not having this conversation. There's no one's, no one's telling well, them how important the, this is. In well, fact, the, the doctors don't even know how to counsel yeah, their, their exactly patients. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I mean, I can't tell you, I've had many doctors and it really is disturbing to me, literally look me in the face and tell me that nutrition doesn't matter. And I mean, I know I'm biased because I'm a nutritionist, but I find that statement just absurd. There's so much research and um, evidence out there that, that that's not true. And the whole field of epigenetics, how we can turn on or off gene expression by the foods that we're eating and our environment and our sleep and our stress and things like that. So it does amaze me. And when I hear that. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, industry-driven uh, uh, condition where pharmaceuticals are overpowering nutrition is a way of treatment. And that's yeah. just really unfortunate. And that's just how our society is becoming now. Yeah. And it's a shame for sure. It's, it's a hard, you know. The pill is a quick fix versus um, actually seeking and making and preparing nutritious meals. But the yeah. question that I have for you is that there's a large amount of children that are dependent on their schools to provide their meals. And yeah. so what do you do in those cases? We know that the meals that the schools are providing are crap. You know, oh, we gosh. know that it's, it's just as what might as well go to, you know, a fast food joint to pick up food. But yeah. so what do we do in those conditions when we have children who can't afford decent meals and who are reliable on, on schools to provide them meals? 
you know, that, that is definitely a challenge. And what I, I, with some of the families I work with, we just find a way to work with the schools and allow the child to bring foods from home and have um, certain foods. Some schools are actually really awesome about food intolerances, food sensitivities, uh, food allergies, um, and have alternatives, but even their alternatives would still, you know, make me cringe a little bit. You know, like I just, you know, I, I, the gluten-free version of the same junk is not, is not helpful. So yes, you're right. It is a challenge, but it's a challenge that is worth fighting for. So what I tell families is it does sound expensive when you go to, let's say whole foods and you look at all the fun, cool, all natural, gluten-free, low sugar, you know, really high quality snacks for kids they're expensive. So what Mm -hmm. I tell families is the easiest way to reduce that expense and no one likes to hear it and it doesn't make me most popular, but is to cook it yourself. There are many recipes out there. I've got a bunch of recipes for no cook, you know, uh, cookie dough balls that are, you know, full of healthy quality nutrients and quality fats and And quality proteins. And they're tasty. They're so yummy. But the the problem is, is that most of our kiddos, their taste buds have been hijacked by all these artificial colors, sweeteners, sweeteners and yeah, oh yeah. And of course, it's not gonna. The healthy food is not gonna taste good when you your taste buds are all you know hijacked from overly salted, overly sugared, and processed foods. It takes a minute. It takes a minute to adapt. And but I promise you, if you stick to it, and you know you you remove some of those artificial foods from their diet, their taste buds will adapt and grow. And you making it at home, you are able to make slight changes yourself to try to make it better palatable for your child, right? Where when you buy a packaged food, you're stuck with what's in there in the quantities that are in there. You make it yourself at home. And sometimes you can make an easy little tweak to make it more palatable to them, more desirable to them. Even one of the biggest, you know, um, things that we do in, in my work is, you know, learning how to use cookie cutters and silly things like that to just make the food look more fun, more appealing, right? Because that's how the marketers do it, right? They have these cool, fun, shaped, gummy, fruity things, right? Why not try that at home? Even when it comes to making dinner, you know, there's no reason why you can't use a a cute little star cookie cutter to, to cut food into a fun shape and get kids involved. But right now, the hard part is overcoming our habits of, and, and, the society's sort of push to have everything quick, fast, cheap packaged, um, but trying to cook at home. And many people are surprised when I give them, you know, certain recipes that, you know, they're three, four ingredients. It, it wasn't, you know, we don't need to have this huge dilemma about, oh, I don't know how to cook. I don't, you know, if you know how to read, you know how to cook because you can follow a recipe. And there's, you know, we've got the whole, the Google, you know, he, he's a really a good place to find recipes and things like that. And it shouldn't be difficult to feed our families, but it can be challenging. Um, but when we implement, um, specific strategies for changes and when you implement them as for families with kids who have, um, development delay or, you know, ASD or ADHD, how long can parents expect changes, positive changes to occur with their kids? You know, sometimes we see it 
Absolutely. Immediately. If they were eating a toxin or a food that they're hypersensitive to, like we do a lot of food sensitivity testing and things like that. And if you just remove that item that's been bogging down their immune system and causing them aggression or irritable behaviors that within that day, you can see improvements. It's, it's quite amazing. amazing. Or when we, yeah, we increase certain nutrients, you know, there's a clinical trial that I based my multivitamin mineral supplement on that was done. Um, it was a 12 month clinical trial and they put, uh, individuals with on, on the spectrum on this multivitamin mineral supplement plus, um, uh, L-carnitine and an omega-3. And it was quite shocking. The results at the end of that 12 month study, they also put them on a gluten and casein free diet, but there was improvements on all the autism rating scales, the cars test, there was improvement in nonverbal IQ in verbal expression, um, simply from boosting their nutrients with the multivitamin mineral and the omega, and then removing the irritants from gluten and casein and soy. So it was astounding. And some of them had dramatic, uh, one of the little girls was actually in a wheelchair and it turned out that she had a carnitine deficiency. So when they took the carnitine, all of a sudden she was starting to be able to walk on her own and um, do things on her own. And they got rid of that wheelchair within the timeline of the study. Um, and there was a couple other really dramatic that one of the, the kiddos was um, on a catheter, couldn't urinate on his own. Um, and they removed the gluten casein soy and he started being able to go to the bathroom on his own. Um, and they really kind of, I think, if I remember correctly, chalked it up to the casein, actually. It was the dairy because I think mm-hmm. they had a slip up and had pizza um, at school or something snuck in and then he was unable to urinate again. So it can be as dramatic as that. And it can also be, you know, something that, oh, well, I, you know, I hear reports like, oh, well, we kind of saw some improvement, but we're not sure. You know, it, it could just depends on the child, right? We all have our own unique bio individuality, our own unique biochemistry, and everyone reacts a little bit differently. And at any given day, you might need more of this nutrient than that nutrient. You know, the body kind of shifts and, and needs, has its needs different every day. So it, it can be a little bit tricky. It's not an exact science, right? I mean, the body is this crazy miraculous system and we can't pinpoint every bacteria and every chemical reaction and everything that's going to happen. Um, but we certainly can support what, the things that we know. And, you know, boosting that nutrient level can have miraculous um, effects on the body. And then also, you know, eliminating the things that are causing disturbance. And we see a lot of commonalities, uh, in kids on the spectrum and, uh, specifically ADHD as well. They, they tend to have a sensitivity to phenols and salicylates. And, and so artificial coloring is, can be problematic. Even some of the healthy foods like apples and grapes that are high in these compounds can be, um, irritating and actually cause, uh, aggression in some of these kids. Mm-hmm. And so when we can identify those things, life gets a lot easier. And yeah, sometimes it's, it's a, it's like playing food detective, right? And it's, it's, it's tiring. And, and these families, a lot of these families, this is where my heart just goes out because they're battling a lot. And the last thing they want to do is battle their child over food, right? They want to just, they just want to nourish their child. They don't want to think about it. They just want to give them whatever it is that they'll eat to be happy. Um, and unfortunately for some of these kiddos, it's not that it's the simple. Worst thing. Yeah. It's the worst it's you a, can do for yeah. It's a, it's a bummer, but it, it has to be addressed. It's a, you know, it's the baseline foundation for life is, is the food we're eating right. and the food we're feeding our children. And we just, we need to do a better job at getting this word spread. And I'm sorry, but the, the food pyramid and the, the, my plate and all that, I mean, that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate that all these societies, you know, you're talking about the American Diabetic Association, all the uh, other associations that promote healthy eating, they're actually promote foods that are actually worse for you and they're supported by these food manufacturers and big food companies. So it, it's just, it's, it's when you really dig into it, it's just like this big cycle that, that feeds into poor health. And then and at the end of the day, it's the, it's the patient and the children that actually are getting affected. It's hard. And, it's actually, it's quite heartbreaking when you really look at it. And I know when I, you know, part of our master's program was learning how to read scientific studies and things like that. And I remember it was like the first time that I was exposed to sort of not conspiracy theory, but how, how whoever was conducting the study can sort of lean the data bias. towards what... And I just remember that that was one of the things we learned is that the first thing you should do is look at the bottom of the study and see who funded it. And I was like, why? (laughs) You know, I remember just going, why would I do that? And then when it came out, like, well, yeah, because if you have a, you know, the Dairy Farmers Association who just put out this article about the benefits of milk, it might be, you know, it might be biased. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is... This That's is how, how it is. is. With pharmaceuticals as That's well, right. same thing. You know, it's interesting that I wanted to point out what, with your own um, child. In you were able to intervene early, and your child was displaying a lot of medical conditions that were, you, if you really went the traditional route, you would have been cycling your child to many physicians. You would have had him to see a most likely and. An, an allergist, a pulmonologist for the, for the, the breathing issues, probably a dermatologist uh, for all the skin issues of the eczema and the dermatitis oh, that, that he was having. Yeah. And, and you're recycling all of this. And that's, what, that's what's happening to our, the children in our society is that no one's addressing what they're eating and they're, all, they're not addressing the root cause, which is the food supply. Rather, they're chasing the symptoms that are downstream as a result of the exposure of toxins, and they're treating with modern pharmaceuticals, which in of itself is a toxin and has adverse effects for developmental, you know, developmental delay on, on children and other issues that we don't even know about yet. So exactly. it's it's very disappointing. I mean, I can only I could see it in my mind. I mean, your child would have probably had some issues with 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 breathing, so would have been giving steroids, would have been given an yep. inhaler, and yep. would have probably blown up, and probably would have been developed metabolic syndrome, all yep. as all because it's iatrogenic, meaning that it's been caused by the pharmaceuticals that the physicians are prescribing. Exactly, it was like a vicious cycle, and it was exhausting, and it was it was disheartening. It was just it was so it was awful. And you know, finding that naturopathic physician who identified the root cause and taught us this. I mean, and my hope and dream is that then you know all this cycle will change because now I'm out here trying to be an advocate yeah, for all sure this, are. and you know, same with you and what you're doing because we we're the ones that we've experienced it, we saw it, we know we can help, and now it's our job to get out there and spread the word and help people understand this because if you don't understand it and you're sucked into the conventional medical model, well, I'm sorry, you're screwed. Like it, it's yep. terrible to say because there's, of course, there's many physicians out there that are doing their best and, and they're doing amazing jobs. But for the most part, the conventional model of this almost mic medicine, right? Where it's like fast food medicine, you, you're in and out in 15 minutes, you can't possibly get the care that you need. And you just, if you don't have a symptom that they can mask with a prescription or cut out with a surgical knife, uh, they, they kind of throw their hands up and, and you are left spiraling with this you know, system uh, and it's just really inefficient and it's really heartbreaking. So to me, the, this 
particular population of kids, um, you know, I think are of huge need because it's increasing. And like you were saying earlier, I mean, we're, we're in the trajectory to start seeing, you know, one out of every two children having some kind of label stamped on them of some kind of disability, learning disability, uh, behavioral disorder, uh, developmental delay or something of that mm-hmm. sort. And that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, it's, it's also, you know, unacceptable, you know, um, being complacent about what is at our supermarkets that's considered as food. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm very passionate about, about um, talking about how toxic our foods are and how mm-hmm. much they have an impact on our overall health. I mean, we're, we're right now facing a society where 70% of our adult population are either overweight or obese, and 40% of our children are considered obese and or overweight. And it's all really linked to foods that we're putting yeah. into our bodies and these yeah. sugary beverages and all the processed meats and processed foods that we're putting in. And then it's also causing these neurodevelopmental delays and and having kids that are that are suffering that are in this spectrum disorder or ADHD. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that can be mitigated by really balancing a good, healthy nutrition, reducing the toxins, putting in nutrients that can help support the body and detoxify the body that's necessary to get rid of the toxins that we're polluting our children with. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And the sad part is that many of these kids are being stamped with a label you know, and a disorder and a behavior disorder, things that it's not that there, there's a disorder, their little brains are being poisoned and it, we need to get that education piece out there. And that, that's where I think the conundrum is, is that, you know, the, the, I guess the education that's out there or the lack of, I guess I should say the lack of education is the problem. You know, things that get put out there that are just kind of what is in popular media about, you know, what's a healthy diet and what's not, it, we're just so misinformed. Um, it, it's scary. And so we got to get that information out there so that people understand it. Cause then that, you know, when we start incorporating, they'll see it for themselves. I mean, I, I this is what I do. I'm going to work with families and at the very beginning, they're kind of in disbelief. Like, eh, I don't know that does, you know, you're sure this is really good. And then they see this huge impact that not only the best part is that not only do, do they see these improvements in their child's health, but when they incorporate it with their family, cause I'm a big proponent of like, Hey, you know, he's not in this in isolation. <laughs> yeah. These foods are not good for sister, brother, dad, mom, anybody. So let's, right. so it's amazing to see how many like moms that had autoimmune disorder or chronic illness, you know, those all reverse or whole families losing you know, 15, 20 pounds. Yeah. And they're like, wow, you know, and it, um, it makes me, I get excited about it because it's so amazing. But at the same time, it breaks my heart because this information isn't, you know, common practice. And, and that's what bums me out. You go to a doctor and many doctors aren't educated in this. So they're not helping families understand this. Nobody's out there really doing that. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's the key here is to, to, you know, we've got to learn how to spread this information so that it's well known because, the big powers that be and the pharmaceutical companies and the medical associations and the American heart, those, um, unfortunately, those entities are tainted and we can't accept yep. that information. And, and it's, it's, I hate to be like, you know, I try not to go down the whole conspiracy role, but 
you know, those, these entities that have money and power and they're not in it for your health. <laughs> this is not, it's, it's unfortunate. And people think that, but that's not the case. They, they did not produce this granola bar because they really wanted to support your child's health. They're, they're a company. Right. They're trying to sell a product. They're trying to make a profit. Um, it's your job to be the food detective. It's your job to figure out how to feed yourself and your family for your health. Um, rather than just as a babysitter, you know, a lot of kids like to snack or whatever, because it, you know, many parents give, I mean, we all, we've all done it. I know I've done it where you give a child something yummy or good as a treat or something because you want them to sit or behave or be occupied. Um, and it's created some, some real, real bad habits for sure. Right. I think that's really a great thing to, that you're doing uh, for, for your clients and not only helping the clients out, but you seem to also make an impact on the families itself to lead a better life and, and to lead a more healthier life. And that in and of itself has downstream effects because you're changing the interaction that people have with other people, you know, because you're improving their 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 biochemistry you're improving their brain chemistry and it's everything is becoming you know more of an interaction where you can see the positive effects instead of the negative effects i mean there's a huge huge issue where you were mentioning earlier on the show where aggression can be mitigated simply by changing the diet of these children mm -hmm. and 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 that has been shown even in adults they they actually did a study where i believe they changed the diets of you know, of inmates and you know, within like six months, there was a significant reduction in prison mate violence and aggression. And yeah. so it's, it's, and it's all because of, of the foods that we're putting into our bodies. So, so yeah, I, 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 I could sit here and spend another hour, probably longer <laughs> talking with you and debating with you, not really debating. Cause I, I think we both agree on everything here uh, we're yeah. talking about, but yeah, it, it's, it's this kind of information that I feel is necessary to get out to the public and, 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 I so applaud you for what you're doing and it, it, it's people like you that gives me the inspiration to put these podcasts out and, and continue to try and promote these types of discussions on my podcasts and shows. So thank you so, so much great. for being so on this show. Too. Yeah. I appreciate you, you know, doing your part to help spread this information. You know, the challenge is real sometimes. I'm not, it really sometimes is. it's not the most popular information to put out there. People don't like to make diet changes and food changes. And, um, a lot of it, they like to put this in their circle of denial. They don't want, they just don't want it to be true. Um, and so, you know, the, the more people that are out there, you know, giving this information and helping people understand it, the better off we're all going to be. I mean, I know right now with COVID and everything that's happening, I've had some colleagues and friends who post some amazing information about how to support your immune system with food and diet and how you can mitigate and protect and all these things. And their, some of their posts and their YouTube videos, they're being taken down. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's really unfortunate because this is amazing information and they're being muted and it, it's, it sucks. It really, it's, it's very disappointing. That's a whole different discussion and rabbit hole yes. that we can go into too. Yeah. But, but uh, for our listeners, I mean, if they want to find more information about you and what you do, what's the best way? Okay. So, well, we have both. Um, so at denisevoigt.com. So that's, uh, my last name is Voigt, V-O-I-G-H-T. denisevoigt.com has tons of information and a free getting started ebook. I have an online course that is an amazing place to start for families who are just not sure. And although it's marketed towards kids with autism and ADHD, it is certainly beneficial for all kids, to be honest, because it goes down the, the path of, you know, 
artificial colors and flavors and toxins that are in food and, and foods that can aggravate, but foods that can support and, and that kind of thing. So it's a really, it's a really great place to start. So you can find me there. I also have the entire supplement line of high end nutraceuticals for kids, um, on myspectrumheroes.com. So that's myspectrumheroes.com. So those are our two websites. And of course you can always find us on social. Both of those names are pretty easy to find on Instagram or, um, Facebook as well. So, and we have lots of different blogs and downloads and things to get people started. Um, we just kind of started this, uh, process of my spectrum heroes at the beginning of this year. So we plan on growing and having way more education and, um, more outreach for families and things like that. So let, let's hope we can spread this, uh, information, uh, quickly so that people can get help and the support that they need. Awesome. Denise, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. It was great talking with you. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much.